world where medical doctors cover up your symptoms with drugs. You need a better way. Look no further. You found it. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as medical advice. Always consult a physician when trying to get off a prescription medication. Welcome to the Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Showalter. I am certified in holistic nutrition. I am not a doctor, and these claims have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration to prevent, cure, or treat any disease. Beef versus beans. I'm in a number of health groups on Facebook, and I like to see what other people are saying and posting. And somebody posted this meme comparing beef versus beans, and people were tagging each other saying, see how beans are so much better than beef? And the meme is so utterly, horribly wrong. I thought, I'm like, I don't have time to debunk everything that they're saying. But then I came up with the idea I could do a podcast on it, so that's what I'm going to do. This meme is obviously geared towards trying to promote beans and saying that beef is is not healthy for you. So I'm just going to go along down the line how they're comparing them. <clears throat> they first start out by saying 20% of the calories from beef is from protein compared to 25% of the calories from beans is protein. And that's fine, whatever. I don't really have any problem with that. The real problem is, is what they're they're trying to compare two different kinds of proteins. See, protein's made up of amino acids, and you get different amino acids in beef protein than you get in bean protein or plant-based protein. So what the bean protein doesn't have that the beef protein does are the amino acids proline, glycine, tyrosine, serine, cysteine, spartic acid, and now what do these amino acids do? Proline is an important compound responsible for tissue repair, collagen formation, atherosclerosis prevention, and blood pressure maintenance. Glycine helps build lean muscle mass, prevents scarpenia, muscle loss, muscle wasting, layer deterioration, plays a role in the production of human growth hormones, boosting mental performance memory, helping prevent stroke and seizures protecting skin from signs of aging, protecting collagen and joints, reducing joint pain, improving flexibility, range of motion, stabilizing blood sugar, improving sleep quality, lowering inflammation and free radical damage, boosting energy levels and fighting fatigue, helping produce red blood cells, fights the effects of stress and anxiety. Tyrosine is a compound for the production of several important brain chemicals called neurotransmitters, including among those epinephrine, norepinephrine, and dopamine. Neurotransmitters help nerve cells communicate and influence mood. Tyrosine also helps produce melanin, the pigment responsible for hair and skin color. It helps in the function of organs responsible for making and regulating hormones including adrenal, thy adrenal thyroid, and pituitary glands. Serine helps form the phospholipids needed to make every cell in your body. It is also involved in the function of RNA and DNA, fat and fatty acid metabolism, muscle formation, and the maintenance of healthy immune system. Cysteine is a sulfur-containing amino acid that helps form healthy skin, hair, bones, connective tissue. It also is required to make glutathione, one of the most powerful antioxidants in the body for fighting free radical damage and can detoxify the liver. 
Spartic acid uh, gets its reputation as a treatment for chronic fatigue from the from its crucial role it plays in generating cellular energy. So these are the things that you're not getting in beans, in bean protein. Now, some of these amino acids can be made from other amino acids in the body. That's assuming that your, your fun body function is optimal, that it can do that. Um, the next thing on their list, they say, beef is 80% saturated fat. Oh, no, that's horrible. And uh, beans is only five calories from fat, unsaturated. So, of course, they still think that saturated fat is bad. So, of course, they're going to put that on there. Um, actually, saturated fat is the good fat. 50% of your cell structure is made from fat. Your brain is 75% made of cholesterol. We've been over this before. I don't know that I need to say it again. Um, next thing on the list, there's no carbs in beef. That's horrible. But you're in luck. 70% of beans is from carbs, <laughs> which is completely backwards. Do you realize if you di did not eat saturated fat and protein, if you would re replace that with carbs, you realize how obese everybody would be? Oh, wait. You know, guess what? We already are the number one obese nation in the world. Uh, going by the government's guidelines of eating mostly grains. Oops. That's where your skim milk and no fat and low fat products has gotten you. You replace the fat with the carbs and the carbs is what makes you fat. That's how they fatten up beef cattle before they go to the market. They give them grain to fatten them up right before right before they go to market. Um, next thing on their list is hormone sources, or beef has hormones, so that's obviously bad. Well, just find beef that doesn't have hormones given to it. That's not incredibly difficult. On the flip side, they say soybeans help discharge excess hormones. I'm not sure exactly what they're talking about there. I can't say for sure this. Um, Soybeans, for example, is full of xenoestrogens. These are estrogen mimickers. Uh, can hyperfeminize women and feminize men uh, lead to infertility, delayed puberty in boys, decreased genital size and testosterone in boys, lower sperm count, gynecomastia, that's men forming breasts, and women, premature puberty, hyperfeminization in women, I feel that this is one of the contributing causes of uh, the uh, same-sex attraction problem. Uh, one of the causes, and I did a whole episode on, on on the nutritional deficiency aspect of that. So the next thing on the list is beef raises cholesterol and beans lower cholesterol. That's exactly why I would choose beef over beans because raising, <laughs> raising cholesterol is good not bad. Cholesterol is a healing molecule. The reason cholesterol builds up on your arteries is because your arteries are being damaged by fried foods and free radical damage and the cholesterol is there to protect the arteries. It's not bad in itself. It's, it's there because it's trying to fix a problem. 
Um, so the next thing on the list, they say, uh, beef doesn't have any fiber. Okay, well, eat some vegetables to get your fiber. Um, that's not that big of a deal. I mean, we're not eating totally beef. I mean, you can eat other things. That's not, that's not illegal. <laughs> um, they say, and uh, the next one, they say beef is unsustainably produced and depletes the earth while saying beans are sustainably grown and add nitrogen to the soil. Okay, I'm going to really break this one down and go into hyper farmer mode. Okay, explain this to you. On a field, an acre that is fertile and gets plenty of rain, you can produce 50 bushels of soybeans. I'm going to do this compar comparing soybeans. You can produce 50 bushels of soybeans on an acre, and that's about 3,000 pounds of soybeans on an acre. This 50 this 50 bushels of soybeans, this 50 bushels of of soybeans will use 65 pounds of nitrogen. The plant will produce 40 pounds of nitrogen, and you can get about 10 pounds of nitrogen per percent organic matter in the soil. So. Typically, soil organic matter ranges between maybe one and four. So if you have a uh, soil organic matter of 2%, this will produce all of the nitrogen that that soybean plant needs. Excess nitrogen, that's just what it needs. Now, taken also into taking the fact that the soybean plant also needs seven pounds of phosphorus and eight pounds of potassium per acre to produce that 50 pound, fifty bushels of the acre. So you're not providing all of the nutrients in this situation with soybeans. Now typically the soil has all of the nutrients that the soybean plant needs. However, these nutrients aren't available to the plant unless the soil has proper soil biology, soil microbes that make these uh, nutrients available to the plant. Now, compare this to beef. On that same acre that has the capability of producing 50 bushels of uh, soybeans, can produce, uh, you can run about one and a half animal units per acre, and it typically takes about two years for that uh, calf to be raised up to uh, slaughter weight. So this would be about 560 pounds of meat a year. Now that's a lot less than 3,000 pounds, but I'll show you the benefits here. The cow is putting all the nutrients that, that, that the grass needs to grow. It's putting it back in through the, the phosphorus, potassium, that's coming out of the in the cow's manure, and it's cows peeing out urea, nitrogen in the urine. So it's providing all the fertilizer that that grass needs to grow that that cow's eating, and it does it without requiring any use of burning of fossil fuels to plant that soybean crop, or to combine that soybean crop, or to um, extrude it. Um, the soybean to squeeze the oil out uh, so that you're left with the uh, meal left over so that you can do things with it. Um, none of that is 
required. Basically, you're just cows out there doing its own thing. None of this fossil fuel required. Now, eventually, when that cow goes to harvest, you'll probably put a cow on the trailer and they'll go to a butcher and stuff. But we're still not talking about a $200,000 combine. We're not talking about $50,000 worth of tractor and planter to uh, put that crop out. So there's your benefit. Cow's just out there doing its own thing. doesn't require that. Now, here's the other thing. They said that it's unsustainably produced and depletes the earth. Well, I just pointed out how the cow's fertilizing the crop that it's eating. And to show the how wrong they are about beef raising uh, depletes the earth, let me tell you about a guy named Alan Savory. Alan Savory has turned millions of acres of desert in Africa back into grasslands by using mob grazing system. This is mimicking natural herd movements uh, by moving cattle at high density and moving them around in different places just like nature would. This is the only way that you can regenerate soil that, that, that is that far gone. You don't see soybean fields out in the desert making it green again. You do it by moving cattle over, over it and they're supplying nutrients to help regenerate that soil back to life. And you can go on YouTube and listen to many talks about Alan Savory and how he's doing this in Africa. Now the one other nice thing about beef is, beef can turn otherwise useless land into something productive. Take for example the Bundy's uh, cattle operation in the deserts of Nevada. You can't grow any vegetables in that environment. You can't grow soybeans. You can't grow anything, any type of staple vegetable without massively importing irrigation water to those crops. And they're already depleting aquifers out in the west. Um, California had a five-year drought which recently got reservoirs recently got filled up and then they broke then it broke the reservoir the Oroville Dam Anyway, this desert land that the bunnies, Bundys are running their cattle over, you can't use that land to, to grow vegetables. But he is making a useful product out of that land by grazing cattle over it. So there's, there's always going to be a need for grazing cattle in such situations like that. Now, I mean, I'm all for growing your own vegetables if you can. There's actually a robot garden tool called FarmBot and it's kind of like a 3D printer. It runs on a track and it plants the vegetables that you want in the space that you want and it can, if it, sees, if it detects a weed, it'll punch the weed down under the, under the ground, killing it so that the weeds don't come up. You don't have to be weeding. Um, they'll water the plants if it needs it and basically it does everything but picking your vegetables and it's a really cool thing and I think it's gonna really revolutionize the food industry because if, if every house had one of these things there would be a lot less need for acres and acres of corn and soybeans but uh, just for the average home the average person I've, I think I mentioned this before that I, I raise quail for meat and eggs 
and you can have that in your garage in a small footprint um, in about a four by four, four foot wide, four foot, four foot long by four foot high. You can have about 48 quail in that, in that size area and you can produce those were all egg laying that would produce about 48 eggs a day because they lay about an egg a day it's not absolute but that's kind of close to the average and there's about six eggs per chicken egg and that would produce about eight eggs a day and quail are quiet your neighbor won't even know you have them um, and you can they get up to if you want to raise them for meat they are they get up to harvest weight at around eight weeks and they're very easy to process typically like if you were going to eat a meal you would eat like maybe three quail and you want to make sure that you leave the skin on the quail because that's where your saturated fat comes from otherwise it's just mostly protein and there's a uh, you can get a little um, plucker for it um, to pluck the feathers off and it's pretty easy but that would be the easiest way for a person to raise their own meat if they don't have more than an acre to have a beef cow out there, out on pasture. So that's about it for beef versus beans. And this is Brian Showalter signing out, and we'll see you next time. To see the products mentioned in this show, head over to freedomfrompharmacy.com and look at this episode's show notes, and you can see all of the Longevity products by clicking on the store tab. The Freedom From Pharmacy podcast is owned by Easy Way LLC and is under Ohio Revised Code 4759.10i.